welcome, um, both of you here and um, for those people listening online, it's great we can be together and spend some time, as I said, hearing some stories. So each week we open the Bible believing that God would speak to us. God has words of life for us. And so we come with this story times to go, actually, what, what does that look like when God moves in power and does incredible um, things in our lives? And so um, why don't you put your hands together, please, for Caitlin and Gemma this morning. Now, um, why don't you just give people a brief snapshot? Um, ju- actually, just tell them a bit about your role, what you do here at One Hope. Okay, great. Um, hello. If I haven't met you yet, I'm Caitlin. Um, I'm the families pastor here at Moolap, and I think I'm entering my fourth or four hundredth month. I'm not really sure. It's gone very quickly. I think about four months I've been in the role, and um, yeah, really loving it so far. And I'm Gemma, obviously, and my role is church life pastor and young adults pastor here at Moolap Campus, um, and that looks like a lot of different things. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Now, a couple of quick questions, not only for you both, but for all of us, whether you're here in the room or online. Um, it's a game of Would You Rather. Are you familiar with the game of Would You Rather? Okay. All right. So, you ready? Um, and you can play along. All right. Uh, would you rather give up tea or coffee forever? Coffee. Coffee. Mm, them fighting words, I think. Now, would you rather would you rather never eat watermelon ever again or be forced to eat watermelon with every meal? Never again. With every meal, I think. Ooh, bold choice. I like your courage. Uh, would you rather live in a treehouse or in a cave? Treehouse. Yeah, definitely a treehouse. Yeah. Is anyone saying cave? You know I watched Castaway recently. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just you and a volleyball. Um, now, we liked, I, li- I thought we could really tackle the deep questions. Would you rather always have BO and not, and not know it or always smell BO on everyone else? So this is a quick, we're going to have it, we're going to buy a show of hands, we're going to, for everyone, would you rather always have BO and not know it or always smell BO on everyone else? Um, I'm a, you know, past primary teacher, so I feel like my sense of smell is just so immune. I'll smell it every day for the rest of my life, no worries. I reckon I'm going to take one for the team and be the smelly one so that other people can choose not to be around me and everyone else is safe. Oh, taking one so for the team. So sacrificial of you. I still don't know how you twisted that, but well done. Like, okay, by a show of hands, who chooses that you have BO? Yeah, all right. You want to smell BO on everyone else? Who just doesn't want to play along? You are so, you are so Baptist. Come on. Jake. All right. Hey, um, Caitlin, um, a couple of other quick questions. Tell us a bit about, um, paint a picture for people. What do you really enjoy doing? Um, I really enjoy reading, um, listening to podcasts, swimming at the beach, um, talking with people, one-on-one conversations, um, cups of tea, obviously. Also cups of coffee, but cups of tea are elite, I think. Yeah. I think we've got a, a photo up here of um, one of your pictures that we asked. Is I think I believe it's at the beach here. So yeah. let's see. Here we go. We've got a yep. What Lovely sunrise, God's presence, and um, a very cold, cold swim. So you are one of those weirdos that enjoys. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So you're a human ice block. Very good. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a bit more? Did you want to throw go, um, chat about your next? Um, sure. Um, the next one. This is my um, part of my family. This is my two sisters either side of me and um, my niece and my nephew. So um, I think there was a word that Gemma introduced me to the other day. Um, oh, I think we've got that uh, word up on Nibblings, yeah, we've got that word up on the screen. Nibblings. Which is um, apparently like the 
the plural of nieces and nephews, apparently. I didn't know that before Gemma told us the other day. Yeah, they're not your siblings, they're your nibblings. Yeah, the collective term of your siblings' children. So I have two nibblings um, and two siblings. Here we go. That's great. That's good. And really blessed that we've got... um, both your sisters, part of our Moolap congregation here. Yeah, that's, I'm blessed by that too. I love how you said yeah, then you're just like, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> that was great. Um, and Gemma, what do you enjoy doing? Uh, I enjoy lots of TV shows and movies, but I also enjoy getting into my crafts. I'm jack of all trades, master of none though, so don't ask me to make anything for you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I dabble in sewing and knitting and lots of different things. Yep. That's great. You've got a couple of photos that you picked as well here. Do you want to speak to those? Unashamedly, these are my wedding photos that came through this week. (laughs) Uh, That jacket, I sewed the beads onto it and I used a Cricut machine, if you know that is great, if you don't come ask me, to put that date in the collar. So I got to use a bit of my crafty skills for my wedding, which was good. That's good. You kind of got a definite theme there with what you're wearing today and what you're wearing in that photo. I did not sew these ones though. (laughs) That's good. And what about your second photo here? This is a great pick. Okay, this is all of my housemates since COVID hit. (laughs) Um, All of those people have lived in the same house with me and um, that was the community that I had for the last three and a half years, pretty tight-knit. Within that group there's been four weddings I think in that time which is exciting um and yeah I've just really loved getting to know those people and feeling supported by them and in turn being able to support them too that's great thank you thanks both for sharing it's um you know I'm really mindful that I get to hang out with you guys during the week and get to we get to know each other and I really enjoy that but for you know our congregations of a size where we kind of don't get to get to know everyone really deeply. I thought this might be a great opportunity for people to kind of hear a bit more about your heart and fast track that relationship because, um, you know, maybe a great, a good question is like, you know, Gemma, over to you, like describe a bit of your family kind of, how would you describe your family um, growing up and what that was like? Yeah, so I am a pastor's kid. So is Caitlin, so is Jono, as we've discovered. (laughs) That definitely breaks a rule, I'm pretty sure. I think so, surely. two rules already. (laughs) And uh, that meant for us that um, we basically were just following my dad's lead and moving to different churches and things like that. Um, So I would describe us as resilient um, because that came with a lot of challenges, having to uproot our lives and start again and find new friends, um, but also managing the challenges that come with being a pastor and how that affects my dad and his family um, in turn, which can be challenging. Mm. Yeah, what about for you, Caitlin? Uh, yes, also a pastor's kid, um, also moved around a lot. Um, we originated in Sydney and moved from um, glorious kind of Cronulla Beach, end of Sydney, lots of beautiful, which is probably where the ocean swimming comes from, I suppose. But, um, yeah, lots of beautiful spots up in Sydney there. And then we moved down to Bendigo, which was quite a culture shock for us. Um, all of a sudden there was, like, really giant roads that, like, you could fit four cars across, not these windy little Sydney roads. So that was, um, yeah, a big move for us. And then quite a number of moves after that around um, regional Victoria, um, my mum is a um, pastor as well. She is down at the Anglican Parish down in Torquay, Anglesey and Aries Inlet. So really blessed to be in this like season of life where we're both pastoring. I um, 
never really thought that that would happen. So it's nice to kind of share those conversations with her. Um, and we moved around um, mostly following my dad's lead in his role um, as a church pastor in the Anglican Church as well, um, around different churches and experiencing life together. Um, he uh, passed away um, nearly 15 years ago, I think, so um, when I was 18 and my two younger sisters were in high school. So um, we had kind of moved around as this really close-knit family unit. And I think one of the words I used to describe our family was transient, maybe? Um, but I also would put resilient um, and just really committed, committed to one another, committed to God's church. And um, I think I really saw that play out in the years that we've journeyed um, since Dad's passing. It was very, um, very sudden. He passed away in his sleep um, uh, with a heart attack. So um, the, the committed element was, um, yeah, really kind of stood out from there on because we kind of, you know, grouped together and um, were really reliant on God to get us through what has been a really amazing and challenging and difficult and beautiful um, 15 years since that happened. So, um, yeah, I feel I think that's probably a big part of my, like, yeah, just deep feeling of gratitude about being at a church with my sisters um, as adults and living our own lives but still being um, connected to one another. I feel really lucky to, to have that, yeah. Yeah, that's great. There's a passage in the Bible um, from 1 Peter 5 where um, the writer is encouraging people who are in positions like us where we get to serve the church, people in the church, and um, this exhortation or encouragement. And this is, I think we've got this up on the screen, where the writer says, um, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. I feel like those words are true, not only of, you know, what we would call pastors or leaders in the church, but so many of you uh, could apply that to your own workplace or your family. Like, don't do this for your own motives and what you can get out of it, but serve other people lovingly. And um, what stood out to me as we thought uh, discussed what we're going to share today is um, where the writer says... Um, serve because you are eager to serve God. And I, I thought about you too. Like I love how we see in you an eagerness to serve God wholeheartedly and passionately and what a blessing that is to our church church family. That doesn't kind of just happen, I don't think. Like, you know, could you share maybe a formative experience of um, you've had of God's love or something that has stirred faith in you? Maybe over to you first, Caitlin. Um, yeah, the, I, I think there's been like lots over my lifetime and some of them have been really like big transformative moments and some of them have been really small moments but they've stuck with me um, for a long time and one of them, um, probably the bigger moments I guess that stands out to me was uh, I think I probably would have been in grade four or grade five and I, I did check this with Jono during the week but um, I'm going to talk about like child baptism. I know that that's not normally what we talk about in Baptist churches, but I was an Anglican at the time, so please forgive me. Um, we were on like this church camp for a weekend and um, it was an amazing time of like connection and worshipping together and um, there was like kids programs happening and I was like, yeah, great. I think I was grade four probably. Um, and I wasn't really feeling like being in the kids' programs. I wanted to do what the adults were doing. I wanted to listen to the sermons and worship with them. And um, I remember um, towards the end of the weekend, there was this opportunity for people to come and be baptised um, in the swimming pool at the church campground. And um, I thought about it, you know, pretty long and hard for a nine-year-old, a ten-year-old, um, and really felt like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be a part of this for for real. I want to be a part of this for myself, and I want to take up 
take up the stuff that I'm seeing lived out by the church community that was around me at the time, you know, the beautiful adults who were just worshipping and serving God so willingly and eagerly, and I wanted, I wanted that for myself. So, um, yeah, I, I said, yes, I want to I be baptised. Um, my dad and a family friend of ours baptised us in the swimming pool, and um, my sister got baptised at the same time, and a couple of other people. And, yeah, it was like, it was really low-key, very relaxed, um, but it was a really special moment because I, I saw what other people had with God and I knew that, like, that was, that was what I wanted for myself. Um, and, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a key point in my journey that I love to reflect back on um, at that time. Yeah, so good. I love what you said there. Like, I think it, maybe it's not in, until in hindsight we realise how much power there is in just continually to be, to be faithful and showing up showing up when you feel like it and maybe when you don't and serving when you feel like it and you love it and serving when you don't because as a night that's your story as a nine-year-old like you know I love that observing that how much do we look back and we go oh man that so I'm so thankful for the people that served wholeheartedly in my church I'm like it just felt like they were always there and they were always always had time for me and always willing and that's been so so formative I really love that message um Gemma how about for you Yeah, so similar. There's been lots of little things throughout my life and lots of big things. Um, And the one that sticks out for me at the moment is it wasn't like one moment. It was sort of I was being transformed over like two or three years. Um, But trying not to get too much into the reads and things. But um, I went overseas when I was 18 for two years to do a discipleship course at a church and that in itself was formative um, and I built really close friends over there and then moved back to Australia and in early 2016, I was 21, one of my close friends in the UK died in a car accident and I was effectively unemployed and had no money so I wasn't able to get back over to the UK to grieve with my community over there and, um, you know, attend the funeral and be with the people who knew this friend and could help support me through this and my community, I was in Melbourne at the time, sort of failed me in that time Um, and I didn't feel supported by them and I just wanted to run away and it was awful. Um, But there was one family that could see what I was going through and they basically opened their home to me and um, yeah, it, they were just so generous and patient with me and helped me, like, restore myself back to who I was previously because during that time I was diagnosed anxiety and depression. So I really just wasn't the person I had been. I'd lost the joy. I'd lost my spark. Um, but that family took me in. They had three kids when I moved in with them and then they had their fourth while I was with them and they just became like a surrogate family for me. My biological family were all living interstate by then so they were far away too so just seeing God working through that family and helping me just kind of spurred me on and gave me a purpose and understood how I wanted to be for people in my community if there was ever anyone in a similar situation to me that's so good I was reading the other day and someone said you know sometimes as Christians we can get into the trap of feeling like we have to share our faith when really Christ has called us to share our lives um, with other people and the impact that that makes um, on others as well. So, Gemma, back to you. Like one of our values as a church here at One Hope is building community. Um, when that, when you hear that, what comes to your mind given that experience? Yeah, so that's 
being open and available to your community for me. Uh, I see it within this community as well, but just being present, uh, keeping your eye out for the people in the room who you maybe don't normally speak to. And if you feel like something's going on for them, it's reaching out to them, you know, just asking them to share a cuppa after the service or taking them for lunch or something like that. Like just being ready to care in a way. Definitely. Anything you'd add to that, Caitlin? Um, I think um, the sense of vulnerability that allows really deep connection. Like I know it's really easy on a Sunday to have those like surface level chats and conversations about your week and what's been happening for you. But um, the the level of connection that can come when you are when you open yourself up, it, it's a bit of a risk and sometimes it, it feels a bit scary and a bit daunting. But um, in my experience, the times when I've felt most connected to people around me is when I've just allowed myself to be my, my truest, messiest, brokenest self. Brokenest isn't a word. Um, and you're well, a teacher I too. I am. I'm so sorry. Um, when I've like, yeah, just opened myself up and allowed myself to be seen by other people, um, which then it doesn't just allow them to get to know me better, but I feel like it also it kind of gives them the green flag that they can be that vulnerable with me as well. It kind of opens up this two-way conversation and relationship about that and um, I think that's a really big part of community is, is actually going to that next level and, um, and making those really deep, deep-rooted deep connections through vulnerability. Yeah, that's great. And it's probably a, good, probably a good sell on being part of a life group or serving on a team because, you know, it, it is, like you said, it's hard to get to know. Um, it feels like there's lots of moving parts on a Sunday and, you, you know, we don't want anyone to fall through the cracks. And, but, you know, that crack can often feel like, oh, I don't, I don't feel known. And we don't want that for any, anyone at all. And so I invite you, um, if you're not part of a life group or serving on a team, it's a great way to not, not only be known but to know other people um, deeper and more authentically. And so you can just see the help desk after the service and we'd love to be part of that conversation and, and help wherever we're able. Um, you know, back to you, Gemma. Um, what's something that you feel like God's been showing you lately or highlighting to you? Admittedly, the wedding kind of clouded a bit of my Jesus time, <laughs> but thankfully that's over now. <laughs> Seven Richard, weeks you're taking down the, back the line. <laughs> and that's given me more space to like refocus in with God and what he's doing and saying, Um, But one thing that's standing out to me at the moment is the hunger of Christian women in our community who need resources of Christian women sharing their experiences. So a couple of people have reached out to me asking for podcast recommendations and things like that and it's hard to find them. So at the moment I'm just processing what that means and how I can help in that space and what I can do about it. That's cool. What about for you, Caitlin? Um, I found it really hard to pick one thing when thinking about this because this year for me has been very, very – God's spoken to me a lot this year um, and I feel like it's been a really huge year of change and growth and adaptation. Um, A big part of that has been leaving full-time work as a teacher, um, which – meant a career change but it also meant a real change of the way that I live my life. Um, If you're a teacher or you know a teacher, you know that it can be all-consuming and it can be really chaotic and take up all of your time and I I loved God um, the whole way through but my time with him was really, really limited and sporadic and as a result I felt like there was lots of parts of my life that just weren't quite hitting the mark. Um, And so this year having left that um, style of life and 
been able to have so much more time with God and um, get to know him on a really new level. Um, I've been able to learn a lot about um, the idea of um, a Sabbath on on the weekends or during the week whenever you can take it and um, the waiting room has been a big part of that for me, going along to those nights and sitting in silence and eliminating all those distractions and spending just time just with God and hearing his voice. Um, it's a very, it's a new concept to me, but as I've been reading the Bible, it's like, it's one of the oldest concepts in the Bible. It goes all the way back into Genesis and um, spending that uninterrupted time with God has been hugely transformative in my year because I have been able to um, connect with people in a new way. Um, I've been able to hear God's voice so much more clearly than I ever have before. Um, I've learned more about his character because when you spend lots of time with someone, you get to know them um, better and in a different way. Um, it's also changed the way that I feel like I live my daily life in between Sabbaths. Um, you know, obviously Sunday is a work day, but on a Saturday when I get that chance to just cut out everything else and just spend time with God, reading the Bible, praying, um, resting in him, spending time in his wonderful creation. Um, the rest of my week just has this really kind of unique glow about it because I, I know the place of being with God that I've come from and I'm also looking forward to the next one that's coming in a couple of days and it's a really good bookmark for my week to know that I've got that time with him. Um, it's hard to switch off and I have like a classically overthinking brain I've always got like so many thoughts buzzing around but yeah reducing that noise um, and allowing my space to be filled with him has been yeah massive so um, I know that at our women's ministry Jan's going to be talking about some similar ideas so if um, just a subtle plug if you're not already coming to the brunch please come please come and Jan can talk to that about um, about you know learning about that kind of thing but um, yeah I'd love to I'd love to talk with you about it if it's something that you're interested in and you're, you're curious about because it's been, yeah, huge for me in my relationship with God this year. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing. Um, we saw in the video earlier how um, our senior pastor Matt is wanting to, for the month of August to um, draw our attention to being thankful. And, um, you know, Scripture has no, no, no shortage of passages about being thankful. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 we read this where it says, Never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. And so, um, Gemma, what do you feel like, you know, God's been highlighting to you about this, uh, this um, idea of being thankful? Uh, over the years... My journey with being thankful has gone like this. Um, in those challenging seasons, it can be quite hard to kind of focus and see the good things that you're thankful for. Um, sometimes we're thankful for the hard things too. Um, but one thing that I've learned is being thankful for the really tiny things, things like the fact that I have a kettle and I can make myself a cup of tea. And, um, you know, I'm thankful for the way that the sunlight is coming through the window and how that puts me into a good mood or I can feel the warmth of the sun. Um, and just when you start thinking about the small things, then you can keep coming up with more small things that you're thankful for and then you put yourself in a position of thankfulness that you can kind of keep almost like bubbling under the surface throughout the day and you just keep noticing things that you can be thankful for. Me? Um, yeah, I love gratitude and thankfulness. Um, I feel like it's a really tangible way to experience God's presence. Um, I've read um, a really great book this year called Grateful, which um, is amazingly written and has lots of really practical ways that you can practice the element of thankfulness and gratitude. Um, similar to what Gemma said, I feel like when you start to... Um, 
intentionally be thankful about things and express gratitude um, towards things, the more things that you see in your life to be thankful for. Um, And there's a particular type of prayer that I was reading about during the week um, where it's called like it, it would have been enough, where you... Thank God for something in your day and you say something like, you know, it would have, it would have been enough, God, for you to um, be here with us in church this morning. But instead of just doing that, he also allowed people to, a chance to talk after the service and he um, put someone in my path that has had a tricky week and I got to then connect with them and then he did this and then he did this and um, it's about noticing all of those small small and meaningful things that God is doing, um, not just those big things, but it would have been enough for him to do this one wonderful thing, but instead of just doing that one wonderful thing, he's actually done 10, 20, 100 things um, surrounding that. So um, it's it's intentional. If, if, if it's not intentional, you won't do it. You get you can't bog down in the, the busyness of life and the things that aren't working or aren't going well, but um, when, you're, when your eyes are open to it, then you'll see it, you'll see it more and it will really impact your, your whole identity. I think it's, it's something that I notice in a couple of people in my life and I can see it radiating from them. They're just such a, they're such a grateful person. No matter what they're experiencing, they're always able to find those things that they're grateful to God for. Um, it's a really special, a special um, yeah, discipline, I think, to be practising. That's great. Probably a good plug too. That I mean, if you've got a story that you're thankful for, where you're like, God has, you know, I'm just really thankful for what God is doing in my life. Um, yeah, come and see me afterwards, or leave a note at the help desk because we'd love to highlight those stories if we can and during the month of August. So keep keep that in mind. Um, not that you asked me this question, but I would say I'm really thankful for you too. Like, you know, um, I was I was reflecting on this during the week, and there was two passages. We we don't have them on the screen, but. Um, in Ephesians 4, it says, um, you know, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And I'm really thankful that I get to see you both demonstrate that, um, like day in, day out, like that you're so compassionate, you're so soft-hearted. Um, I'm really thankful for the blessing that you are to come into our um, our congregation here at our Moolap campus. And I think especially given that you know, some of the knocks that you guys have had um, that you kind of touched on today that you haven't allowed those things to stop yourselves being gentle and kind and tender-hearted and we're the recipients of that hard work and also God's grace. And the second part of that for me was um, the writer goes on to say a chapter later in Ephesians five ten. it says, um, and the invitation for each and every follower of Christ to carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And I see you guys do that as well. You take that seriously. Like, oh, what does God want me to do? And how can I best do this? Like, whatever is in front of me to um, to please God and to bless other people. And so I'm really thankful for that as well and encourage you, you to in that. Um, maybe final question. Um, you're newish to our Moolap congregation. What do you see in the hearts of people that, I mean, sometimes it's we don't recognise, we're slow to recognise actually what is special or unique about us. And I say us as a group of people. Um, What's something that stood out to you, Gemma? Uh, The first thing I noticed my first Sunday here is the multi-generational connections. So the different age groups all chatting with one another and looking out for one another, um, different people serving one another and just how welcoming the space is but also how safe the space is and that this is a place where people can come and be themselves because everyone is so welcoming of of who they are and who you are, and it's, it's been really great. So thank you to all of you. Yeah, I think the aspect of um, church as family has really stood out to me here at Moolap, um, not just because I have my, like, 
literal family here at church, but um, the the way that everyone is safe to be um, connected with one another um, and the way that it's like you just feel seen when you come here, I think. Um, I've been to numerous churches in my life in different capacities, different denominations, and um, it's really easy to get lost and it's really easy to get kind of like float along through church for six months without really knowing anyone. Um, and I don't think that's really possible here at Moorlife, not in my experience anyway, because I, I feel like there's always someone who is looking out for someone else, um, not just in a formal capacity with like our host team or anything, but um, just people who will look across the room and notice someone who's by themselves and go and have a cup or go and sit next to someone who needs it or even just... You know, the warm greeting as you come in is really heartfelt. It's not a it's not a job that I feel like people are doing, but it's part of our it's part of our identity here. And when I came to Moolap like just over eighteen months ago, it was something that I was really looking for. I was looking to be connected. I felt a bit lost and spread out and didn't know where I belonged and COVID had done weird things to church and I just like didn't know where to be and then um, coming here so quickly I just felt like yeah this is where I can be I can be myself here and I can love love other people here really well and really easily so that family element has been yeah really really special here in Moolap I think. That's good to hear and I'd encourage I would hope that that is people's experience you know Um, I'm mindful that you know, sometimes it's just not, and sometimes I think that's not because anyone anyone has chosen to do the wrong or the bad thing. But you know, I would say if you're feeling like you're maybe slipping through that gap or that hasn't been your experience, um, I feel like in generalities, one of three things might have happened. Like one, um, I might have let you down. Like you know, that I, it's been my responsibility to maybe help find connection for you. And if if that's the case, then please come and see me because I like I want to do better at that. Um, two, you know, it's just uh, um, it, it can be just circumstantial. Like we, you know, people get to know, have friendship circles and, you know, it, it, it can be kind of fo- hard to find your spot. Not that anyone's, we're all good people, right? Like and want to, but it, it can be challenging. And so like um, Caitlin mentioned, that's a way that smaller groups outside of a Sunday can help, um, we would believe, help find those relationships. And thirdly, um, sometimes it's just on us. Like, you know, that if, you, if you're quick out the door and, you know, you kind of put your head down and you're off and... You know, we each do that at times where it's like sometimes it's just us and we've got to start to model what we want to experience and so that would be my encouragement in um, any of those three things. So um, we have run out of time um, but um, I was going to say, Caitlin, would you be happy to pray for us as a congregation as as we wrap up? So why don't we stand up? I'm going to invite all of us to stand up and uh, we can pray together and the team's going to come and lead us in a song. We might come down here so they can... It's like we've got our own removalists. They can just do what they want with their chairs. Look, how's that? Found a phone. Your beauty. It's yours. Too many things. things. And I'm going to encourage us, um, you know, slightly different to what Pastor Matt would normally do where we've got one clear-cut message. I'm going to um, invite us to, as we, why don't we close our eyes together and just say, um, as, as Caitlin prays, say, Holy Spirit, highlight to us something that we needed to hear from this morning, you know, something that is good for us to go away and reflect on, something that is good for us to celebrate or be thankful for. And yeah, God, do that in work in our hearts. And if you could pray, that'd be great. Thanks, Caitlin. Yeah, Father God, we thank you for your presence here with us this morning. We thank you that you have um, come with us from wherever we have been this week and you've arrived with us and sat by our side as we um, both shared our stories and also listened to the stories today. Father, we ask that you would be with us in our week ahead, that 
um, whatever was said this morning that was intended for our family here today, that it would stay with them and resonate with them and that um, you would allow us space and time to work over those things with you, Lord. We thank you for the community that you're building here at Moolap and um, the elements of family and safety and connection and um, vulnerability, God. And we ask that as we continue to meet here on a Sunday that it would not be the only experience we have of those things but that we would experience them on a day-to-day basis in life groups, in men's and women's ministry, in um, playgroups, in a variety of ways, God, that you would um, shine your love for each of us um, from Sunday to Sunday and every day in between. We thank you for the way that you love us, you care for us and you desire the best for us, Lord. Amen.